Yeah. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Chuck Marple, your host here with my co-host, Karen E. How are you today, Karen? I'm doing well. Weather's good. School's almost out. Summer's almost here. Everything's clicking along pretty well. How about you? Yeah, we're doing doing pretty good, too. Uh, It's been uh, rainy for the past few days and it's been cold, but now it's, it's going to be nice. Memorial Day weekend is supposed to be beautiful. It's going to be in the mid-80s and sunshine and no rain, which is beautiful. So it's, it's looking good. Before we get into today's main topic, since this is Armed Forces Recognition Month, I'd like to salute all of those who have served or are serving in our military. That includes my co-host and her brother, Brian, both retired Air Force. Thank you for your service, Karen. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. <laughs> Well, it worked out for both of you. Let's hope that you guys can get paid in the next few uh, weeks. Well, we'll get that first pay. That's already been um, programmed in, so that doesn't go anywhere, and I'm sure that that may work out for um, veterans' benefits as well. I think that's one thing that sometimes they're not very honest about when they say it's going to impact veterans that get disability and retirees because that mo- that money's programmed well in advance, at least about a week or so in advance. So the money's already been allotted, already been accounted for. It's the it's the end of the month where we start to run into problems. So let's hope it doesn't last that long, if it lasts, right. happens at all. We're also less than a week away from Memorial Day. This is a time when we remember those who gave their lives to protect our freedom. We've had members of our family fighting in every war from at least the Revolutionary War. To those, we salute you. Yes. <laughs> now on to our main topic, a, dysfunction, a dysfunctional government. Over the past six years, all three branches have been shown to not being acting the best interest and desires of the American people. From a president who minimized the first worldwide pandemic in 100 years, to a House GOP caucus who took 15 votes to elect a speaker who acts like he has a huge majority, to a Supreme Court that has no real ethical requirements. What do you think on those three ideas? Well, let me start with the Supreme Court. Like a lot of these revelations that have come out in the last month, month and a half or so about Clarence Thomas are are really disturbing. That you know, there's a responsibility for them to report certain types of financial transactions and business dealings and things like that, and. <laughs> It's very hard for me to believe that anybody that has the ability to go to law school and get through law school and have a law career in such a manner that you would be appointed to the Supreme Court has a problem understanding basic paperwork. You know, that to me is (laughs) like, I, I don't know how many people can buy that. Like, that's just the thing about being a lawyer is that it's that attention to detail. I've seen some idiots make it through law school, people that couldn't find their way out of a paper bag, but they make it through law school because it's a game. You know, it's, it's about being able to just do all the reading and do all the briefs and do them in the way you're supposed to. So it's just about playing the game. But no matter what, it requires a high level of attention to detail. It requires finding that little point that makes your argument, no matter what type of lawyer you are. And so it's insulting 
that he doesn't understand how to fill out financial paperwork. Do you not have, even if he doesn't do it himself, even if he just provides the information to somebody, how would it be any question that you have to report business dealings and real estate and things like that? Like there are so many things that are so questionable to me and it really makes you question, can you trust the Supreme Court to be this nonpartisan, nonpolitical entity? And the answer that's no, especially at this point in time. Um, as far as the Speaker of the House, I, I don't know that he has any ethics. I think it's all a power grab, no matter what the majority is, that they you know, it's like in Lord of the Flies. They just want to be the one standing there holding the conch. They don't really care if they're the only one or if they have a super majority. You know, they just, they want the power. This is all about power and money because people get rich during their decades of time in government. And then what was the, fir the first one you talked about? About the president and the pandemic. Oh, we don't even have to go there. We just know, yeah, you know how, how bad that was. But, you know, I feel bad in a way because we look back at uh, Clarence Thomas's nomination process. Yeah. And the question questions that, that came up, had we been in this time period when women are being listened to a little bit more, he may not have gotten approved by the Senate and, and gotten, gotten that job. Because she was pretty, pretty determined and and pretty specific on what it was. Even uh, President Biden has apologized to her because he didn't take her more seriously at that point. We certainly seen this this man and this man's wife not have much concern about the realities that all of us face. And really, we we can go back to to the decision of the Supreme Court in two thousand and. Uh, uh, Bush versus Gore, Gore versus Bush, whichever it is, uh, when they came out and said, well, we're going to stop. We're not going to let the counting go further in Florida when it was quite likely that had they allowed the county to go in Miami area in that county, that the outcome might have been far different. They showed their, po their political gains at that point in time, which is a really, really sad thing. Back to the speaker, you know, it took him 15 rounds to do that, and he had to give away the entire house to do so. He has no true power. The power he has is because uh, he has, the power he should have had as speaker is not allowed one person to suddenly come up with a vacate the chair uh, thing. So he has, to, he has to play this power game himself. And all, you're right. All he wanted was the power of saying, I am the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Uh, man, you only got four votes out there. You guys are looking worse and worse and worse. Doesn't mean that the White House has been perfect in all this, but they, but they certainly had the higher ground in there. President Biden put out a, a, the, a, a budget quite a while ago. And he said, as the Speaker, put out your budget and we'll talk about the budget. The debt ceiling should never have been held hostage to these things. They just did a, 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 a survey, and I saw, I heard the results yesterday, and that was that people on the majority on both sides want uh, and say we need to cut back on our spending. 
the truth of it is, if you just ask anybody when they say, oh, we got this huge debt, and should we cut back on spending? People are going to say yes. They are, just because they know they, they're concerned about those things. But they don't say what happens when they cut back. What happens to all that money that was originally allocated to these various things? To education, which you certainly care about. You still got two, two kids that have got to get through school. Three. Healthcare, veterans. That's true. Uh, you got so much more that are going to, people are going to be hurt. Either way. And it, yeah. it, we went through a lot, a lot of it last time on there. And it just, to me, it really bothers me on, 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 that, on that end. Now, what is driving me, go ahead. I was going to say, it doesn't, they don't ever take into account, like, I don't know a single person that works in an average median income job, no matter what their political persuasion is, who supports this. You know, people that have a lot of money and have a lot of savings, they're willing to delay pay or whatever, but the people that really need to be paid, they don't advocate for this. They don't want this to be how they get bargaining chips. No, it's disgusting that the whole country is held hostage for political gains. And those people have no losses. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to get paid no matter what, basically. It's not hurting. Most of them are millionaires. The average salary, the average net worth is slightly over a million dollars for for the for Congress. Part of the problem was the writers of the Constitution never intended, and I've made this point many times in our podcast, never intended that that would be a profession. Their yeah. experience with their experience with politics was this: that those who went into politics as a career in England were usually second and third sons. The first sons inherited the business of the family name and all that. It was the ones that were not so bright that were sent off to, to go to parliament. And that, that's what they saw. The, the people who founded uh, the various Congresses, not the Congress of today, but the Congress, say, in various state legislatures, were generally lawyers and doctors and people who could go and spend a few weeks to do something or a few months to do something and then return to their profession when they did it. And that's what they expected. They didn't expect it to be a profession. They didn't expect people to be in office 60 years, 50 years. The average average for a House of Representatives is nine years. The average for a senator is 13 years. That's a good chunk of time what's, because a lot of them just leave. What's interesting to me is that apparently, and you know, I'm sort of newer to this retired military and the, the VA system, but every year the CBO comes out with a list of ways to save money. And one of the things that they want to be able to do is to not provide disability to veterans who have been hurt by their military service if they're above a certain income threshold. Like they want to like scale it back to where you're not getting the full amount for your actual rated conditions if you make over a certain amount of money. Well, that to me is really insulting. You know, everybody that's a veteran has signed on the dotted line. And in this day and age, you know, you have the Vietnam veterans, they're, they're aging, they're, they've been exposed to her, some horrific things that are just now being acknowledged. And in the Gulf War, that's 20 years. 
almost 20 years of people that have been broken by these politicians, but never in their budget is there any income consideration for Congress people. If you have investments over $10 million, why the hell should taxes pay you? Why should you claim to be in service of the government when you make more money than probably 500 veterans combined? Like, that's one of the most unfair things I've ever seen. Put Congress on an income-based plan for what they get paid for tax dollars. Don't take it away from people that went over and did your dirty work for you. That, to me, is probably the single biggest insult. It would be very, I would like to see what the proposal would look like if they considered Congress's worth per person. Okay, you're going to get a $10,000 stipend. That's all you're going to get. Your, your office is paid for, your staffers are paid for, but you don't get a salary. You have investments that you can live off that, you know, the interest for the rest of your life. Why the heck should you get paid any sort of congressional salary? Well, that's, that's like um, people who are millionaires and everything taking Social Security. Exactly. You know, to, to me, Social Security and Medicare... Medicare, not so much because they, that already has a different kind of cap. But Social Security uh, has a cap of how much they tax on it, which makes it a, a, a regressive tax because the less you make, the more greater percentage uh, money-wise and everything that you put into it because you're putting in 100%. I put in 100%. I never. I remember the days when my father used to get done in like May or June paying Social Security. So he didn't have that taken out the rest of the year. But as things have gone up, they've upped that consistently. And I never, ever had a time where I wasn't paying Social Security. And, you know, I feel when they talk about cutting back Social Security and this kind of stuff, I feel very, very insulted on it because I put in on all my income for, you know, those years and years. Yes, in the end, I had a pretty good salary, but it still was money I put in and money earned. That's when they say entitlements. I hate the word entitlements. It is an earned benefit. We earned that. See, I'm I'm less insulted by millionaires getting social security than them cutting, like that, that doesn't bother me the way that cutting veterans money, like that, no, no, no. If you went and you got broken to the point where they have to give you some money every month, because the military broke you, come on. It doesn't matter how much you make. Unless you're under the the, um, rules of unemployment, like you can't, if you say you can't work, that's the only time that you really can't make over, I think it's like 19,000 or 16,000 a year. That's the only situation. You, if you can find a way to still work, but you're a hundred percent disabled, I don't care how much money you make. You should get that disability. It's like a rental car. They don't care how much you paid for that. If you dinged it up, you're still going to have to pay for that. Okay. Yeah, I, I can understand that. Uh, but see, that's that the thing goes that you're gaining, you're in uh, that VA thing. And I'm in Social Security. So, so we're going to see each one of those more important to us at this point. But, but Social Security, you paid with money that you were making. You didn't pay with your body. You didn't pay with the best years of your life. You know, you didn't, give, you didn't give up time with your family. You didn't give up in the same way that a veteran sacrifices. Because I'm just talking about VA disability where you've absorbed some injury because of the way the military is or what you've had to do in the military. 
you know, rich people's kids don't go in. No, that, and with, that's a that's a, a good point on, on a segue for a little bit off. Going back to back to uh, Armed Forces Month and, and Memorial Day, is that only one percent of our population has ever been in the military now. That is the lowest and consistently to be the lowest in our entire history of the military, at least since World War One. Uh, there are so few, when I was young, my grandkids' age, probably 60 or 70% of the people in Congress had been in the military or at least had children in the military. They had some connection to the military. Now you can count on one hand the people who have been involved, who have that, and count on one hand. I mean, interestingly enough, Biden had had a, a child who had been in the military, and Pence had had a child who was in the military at the time. So they had a little bit of a connection in there. But the majority of people in these elective offices who are committing our young people to these situations, and certainly the, certainly the wars in Iraq and in Syria and Afghanistan, are ones that we could really argue about whether or not they were ever necessary. But they, but they were. But these, these committed our young people to do that and suffer from it. Yeah, I, I would say that once you've, you've been broken from it, that they, they really do owe you and should not be talking about it. And I think that in, in so many of these cases, they should really look closely at the, the other end of it. The problem of it is, is so much, and again, it's the dysfunction of, of government. So much of the government is really controlled by million and billionaires. They're able to put the money out there for the advertising. They're able to support these people. And there shouldn't. I really think that there's two things that need to be changed, and they won't be without major, major changes changes in how we elect people. Term and limits. that is term limits and Citizens United should be overthrown, and, and big business should not be able to put their two cents out to spend millions. Yes. I think those those two changes need, need to be doing that. Now, we already kind of alluded to the debt ceiling. Um, I don't know where it's going. I, I really don't know how, how much. I don't want the president to give, give move too far in that situation to, to take away, uh, to cut back, because I know it's going to hurt people. Uh, and I, certainly, I, I don't want him to give away the house to them. I think that there's so much that, they, that these, these disgusting people want. That Freedom Caucus, and there's 20 senators, and you know, led by Bobert, <laughs> led by Marjorie Taylor Greene, Biggs, Gates, those those people, and they were the ones who forced it to go 15 votes, and the only reason they were they voted, they fi he finally gave away the House to him. Literally, the House of Representatives was given to those 20 people, and they're the ones who are pushing this horrible agenda. So let well, me, I, I have a question ahead. to ask you because it's like, you know, there's sometimes things that that sort of make sense, but 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 you're not fully understanding it. So, you know, one of the things for like um, people to get Medicaid and, you know, welfare, or whatever, is they're talking about a work requirement and and like I think in some situations, I don't think that's a bad idea. Why, why do people push back on that, like, universally? 
Well, because I, th I think the worry is the universality of it the other way, that they're going to going to force people, no matter what the situation is, into some sort of work and how many hours and everything and how quickly they can do it. I think you have to look at it basically as how what's going to be the cost on there. One of the biggest problems we have, and this this is a little bit of a segue off of there, but we'll come back, is that uh, childcare has gotten so expensive. It's hard to find and expensive when you can find it. So it's hard for some people to be able to, to work because they're working for the childcare. They're not working for the ability to get anywhere ahead. But what if a state I think was, I, I, what, what, like if a st like New York State was subsidizing it for a lot of families? Yeah, and 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 they do, they can, but they're not subsidizing. It's the subsidies are not paying for what's going on, of how much it's, it's been. But but you're right. I think that that you have people who um, are on food stamps, but they're just sitting sitting around on their butts. And yeah, they they should be out there. If you've got got child, uh, preschool children at home, okay. I, I hope they would always make an exception for those people. But I, I, just, I think that I, the area, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's a bad idea to require some amount of work. There are lots of positions out there that that are paying pretty good money now. So there's no like, reason not to be working. I I know of people that just they they have ten children, and the husband was a programmer, I think, with a computer company on the West Coast, and they had adopted some children, and. Those people, I think, were not expecting this family to shove some pretty extreme religious beliefs down their children's throats. And so they started questioning that, which the whole situation sounds bizarre to me, where you would adopt your children out to someone else and then want to have control over it, but whatever. But he went on the dark web and paid in Bitcoin to have somebody murder these parents. And when he was arrested, the wife, they'd always... They were of the religious sort where, you know, their daughters were only taught homemaking skills and they had adult age children. They're just waiting for a suitor to show up to marry these girls, you know, from your father's home to your husband's kind of thing. And as soon as this happened, you know, they still had children that the wife wanted to homeschool. So all of the adult children, including the daughters that she hadn't taught many skills to, were forced to work to support the mother well, she lived in an RV and somebody from their church's driveway so she could stay home and homeschool. And as a, a taxpayer, if, if she collects any sort of benefits, I completely am offended by that. You're making these choices. What you do with your own kids, I can't really say anything, but your religious beliefs only go so far as what you need to do for the your homeschooling you know you would sell out these daughters of yours that are so precious that they can't even have a normal teenage life but you're going to force them out in the world to work for this husband that's clearly a criminal it, it is it is fascinating how religion is is, is used and has been used for a long time to hurt people I think, you know, uh, there's something I saw on Facebook that talked about, you know, the Jesus was transformed, the Jesus who cared about the poor and in, in, the, in the oppressed and everything was transformed into a gun-loving anti-person, you know, 
by by modern by many in, in modern religion. Yeah, and 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 that that is true. I mean, we we've gotten to a time period where um, the right wing people are, are like so crazy. I mean, like the former president clearing out those legal protesters from Lafayette Park in Washington D.C. so he could walk over to the to to this church to hold up a Bible upside down, I believe, as a photo prop to to go with the religion. Well, it's like Santos in New York claiming to be Jewish. The main reason he got elected because he convinced that this place that had a lot of a large Jewish vote that he was Jewish, and he wasn't. Well, not even I mean, close. And all, all the lies, but you know, these people use religion for their own benefit and not not really following God's plan. But I mean, I think that goes back to was it Reagan era when they're looking for an issue to sort of corral that evangelical support on the Republican side. Nobody cared about abortion until they pandered to it. And now it's become a hot button issue. Well, it, yeah. And the, the thing with that was that the only, the people who cared about it for a long time, and I read this again today, were Roman Catholics. They, it was very pushing. Roman Catholics and evangelists, Southern evangelists, Southern Baptists and all that, did not, uh, they hated Catholics. Way back when I was a Catholic and, and doing a church school thing, this priest came in and talked to us, and he had gone down during the freedom marches down in, in Selma. I, I think it was in Alabama, but it may have been in Georgia. I'm not sure now. It was many, many years ago, 60 years ago when he talked to us. And he said that he was walking along the street, and suddenly this guy pulled over to him. He said, get in the car, get in the car quick. He goes, you know, what's going on? So he got in the car. The guy was a priest. And he said, don't wear your collar out in public. Don't wear your collar out in public. They'll shoot you. They'll beat you. Because <laughs> they hate Catholics here during this time. And they figure you're interfering. But suddenly now the, 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 uh, they've joined forces together to restrict people. And uh, I mean, we can go in and talk about about what's going on in Florida, and uh, I can't, I can't even imagine it. The NAACP has said, "Don't go to Florida for black people because they're going to be." This Hispanic league has said, "Don't go to Florida. Don't go to Florida." Well, you know what the the latest uh, bill they passed for um, for trans youth, right? Yeah. Even if you don't live there and you fly it through a connecting airport. If there's somebody in Florida that knows that you provide your kid with gender affirming therapy, they will, Florida will assume the custody of the child from you and charge you. Your child will be removed. Even uh, if you yeah. don't live there. Yeah, it, it, it is, they've gotten so crazy. Texas and Florida are leading the way in, in, in this this stuff, but it's it's going along the entire right wing. All we we need to do is, is love each other, talk to each other, but that's not happening. And I, I really fear for this election coming up is going to be the most miserable election because the the, the former president 
it has gone off the rails. Well, but here's I'm, the thing. I'm just hoping all this stuff. <clears throat> I, I think what would, will work out for Democrats in the long run is the fireworks are about to fly today with DeSantis announcing his running, which I think, I think that's a bad plan for him. I think he's, he's trending pretty low in the polls. And I think Trump's, I think they know things about each other. And I think they're going to end up kind of canceling each other out in the long run, as far as getting the swing voters that are undecided. Yeah. And I think DeSantis wow. thinks that people, I think he thinks he has a winning platform with the things he's done in Florida, but those things aren't, those opinions and those views are not shared by a majority of other states. Like, yeah, I mean, states. you have a block of Southern states where that stuff cover carries to some extent. That doesn't really carry well in Georgia either. But you, you have, you have a, have a group of states there with their, they'll go along with that crap that he's put out. But once you get to the, you get to the general election, Neither of them are going to have it easy. The, the abortion issue is a big issue. And certainly for, for people who, have, who are part of the large group of uh, the LGBTQ, I think is all, maybe I got it all in that time. Um, that, and the thing that people don't realize with that is there are not just those people. All those people have parents, cousins, brothers, and sisters. You get lots of people. That, are, that aren't happy with their family members being uh, attacked, really. Yeah. For, for just being a little little bit different than everybody else. And, you know, different doesn't mean better or worse. It just means different. And I don't think that we need to agree on everything to exist in the same country. I think we there's things that can be different. We can have a difference of opinion. You know, you can have a difference of opinion about abortion, about how money is spent about working requirements. But when it comes down to like intentionally and attacking groups of people to maintain power and pander to bases of people, that's just harsh. Like I've often wondered, you know, with Marjorie Taylor Greene, when she says things like, you know, uh, the Parkland shooting was a false flag and Sandy Hook was a false flag. Does she really believe that? Or does she think that that's, the popular thing to say to pander to a group of people. Yeah, I, I think, well, I'm, I'm not so sure what she believes, truly believes in there. I mean, this is a woman came out to talk about Jewish space lasers too. So, you know, it, it's, 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 it's her level of intelligence and Bo Bird and, and Biggs and all the rest of them don't seem to have an awful lot of upstairs going for them. So I don't know, you know, uh, it, it, is a, it is a crazy time, but I mean, you know, we talked a lot about this functional government. We talked about how things are not going well. We also have remembered about, about our veterans, of which you are, and about the history of it and all the people fought. I'm getting relatives there. We've all, you and I have relatives that have been there so, right through history, through all of history. You've seen that even in, in your genealogical thing. You've seen, seen what some of them have been. Uh, it is, it is quite the time. I think uh, just one thing that that is going to be fascinating in the next uh, time between now and March, I believe it's March fourteenth, is how these different court cases and and issues, criminal issues, are going to affect Trump. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in August with Fani 
Willis here in uh, in Atlanta. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Jack Smith, I think uh, just just uh, to close and and something I found interesting is Putin with his five hundred people who are who are banned from going into Russia. Raffensburger, uh, uh, that one colonist, and I forgot which one it is from CNN. A couple of colonists from CNN, comedians, all these people. I mean, it's it's just like wacko. Well, thank you, listeners, and thank you, Karen. Any final thoughts? Just pay attention, vote, figure out what's important to you. Don't don't vote on a party line either way just because that's what you think is most important. Pay attention. Pay attention to who's getting hurt right now because you might belong to the next group. Yeah, you know, we go along with that old one uh, saying back at, in the time of Nazi Germany, you know, when they came for, for the for – the, uh, the ministers and the teachers and all those, I wasn't any of those, so they didn't do it, and they went along the idea of it. And finally, you know, they came for the Jews. I wasn't a Jew, so I said nothing, and then they came for me. There was nobody to speak for me. And we have to be aware. I think that's a great point. Well, thank you, listeners. I have a, a blessed and happy Memorial Day. God bless you, and God bless this great nation and its legitimate leaders. Have a great afternoon and a great week. Goodbye.